Blog Talk Radio. Just a second, Dad. Hi, everybody. Welcome to uh, my dad's show, and I'm the, this is like Gladys Knight and the Pips. He's Gladys Knight, I'm the Pips. How about that? <laughs> Good. Uh, no, it's my dad and I'm his daughter, and we're here, and he's got a great show planned. So take it away, Dad, and tell us what we're going to talk about today. I want to talk about God as if he I didn't talk about God. Let's talk about God every day. God is my God. Well, he's your God also. But let's start with, uh, uh, see if I can get this right. This is a hard, this is really hard for me because uh, God is intimate with me. He's intimate with everybody. But who is God? What right about to say who is God? A, a, a stupid little Stupid little guy with a little brain, a little work habit. How can I explain who is God? And there's a book here called the Holy Bible. It's 66 books written by different authors over a period of 2,500 years. And uh, it describes God. But does it describe God? You know, I'm going to put God in a picture form. Please forgive me if I illustrate something that offends people. But here's God in the third heaven. I know it's the third heaven because there is a third heaven. The Bible says third heaven, so he's in the third heaven. Is he? Is he in the third heaven? Or is he um, in the backyard, my backyard? I'm looking out the window down. Beautiful day. and Well, it's not a beautiful day. Well, it is a beautiful day, but it's rainy and chilly. Or he's uh, in Africa. On the Great Plains of the Kobe Desert, the Kobe Desert, or he's in the Antarctic, where it's fifty below zero. But he's in all things, everywhere. But I'm gonna picture today is in the third heaven. He's sitting on a throne. I know the throne because it's described in one of the books of the Bible, Revelations, that there is a throne, and it describes the throne. There's God. Where's Christ? Who is Christ and the Holy Spirit? We all believe, not we all, but some believe, and I personally believe, in a triune God. What I mean by triune? God the Spirit, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So let's take a note. There's who created the man, Jesus. Well, that's God. God had a son. He called him Jesus. He's in heaven with the God right now. But is he God? Is Jesus God? Well, that's true, too. But it's a triune God. Can anybody, excuse me, in their right mind know who God is? Can they describe the great triune God? I'm wrestling with a bunch of Jews now. Forget the word as if I slandered it. I am not slandering the Jews. They're great people. They're God's chosen people, if you want to know the truth. That's written in the scriptures. The hardest thing that I have with them today is convincing these people that God is a triune God. And you know, the New Old Testament doesn't, doesn't really say it out loud that he's a triune God. New Testament describes it thoroughly. So you, they don't believe in the New Testament, so you got to sit in the Old Testament. But there's God in heaven. 
There's Jesus in heaven. There's the Holy Spirit in heaven. And we are manifest with each one of them. But where did Jesus come from? Well, God had to create him. He created his only son. He didn't make, make two sons. He didn't make three sons. He made one son, that's Jesus. And he imparted Jesus with, that, with part of his spirit. So to, I have to look at it differently as other people should. God is a spirit. He's here today. He's here tomorrow. He's everywhere. He's all over the world, the entire world. Well, anyway, there he sat on the throne. He looked over at Jesus and said, uh, sit black entity down there. Jesus said, where? He said, right. We got to see it right. Oh, yeah, I got it. He said, uh, I'm going to make an earth. What? I'm going to make an earth. Why are you going to do that? Well, there's a void down there, and I'd like to fill it up. So here with God, he reached down and gathered, I'm going to use an illustration of a cloud. He gathered a bunch of clouds together, shaped it in a circle, and he made earth. He separated the earth from the sea, the water, he made heaven, and he made earth. He made a sun. Well, before he made a sun, he was a light of that earth. He made he made Adam and Eve. He made all the animals, a vegetation. He made everything. Then he finally said, "Well, I'm trying to hold it in my hands. So I'll, I'll, I'll make it earth. I'll make it sunlight." So he created the sun, and on the sixth day. He created man to go in that earth. So there is heaven, there's earth, there's God, there's Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Again, I have not described or explained the essence of the triune God. How can a person, well, a person can't do it, how can a spirit, which we don't understand, but we have, how can a spirit divide itself into three parts? Well, it's simple. It's simple to God. It's fascinating to me. It's powerful to me. But God took a part, a thimble. Let's use the word thimble. He took a thimble of spirit, Holy Spirit, God Spirit, and he gave it to Jesus. He said, here, son, this is you. goes in your body. Holy Spirit, take a thimble of Holy Spirit, and you invest it with mankind. But anyway, we have a true God that's looking at us. The Holy Spirit, the Jesus, and there's God himself. They came down, they formed the earth, they made earth, they made mankind, mankind sinned. Why well, had they sin? Well, they disobeyed God. They eat of the fruit of the tree, which is certain the difference between good and evil. Adam said, I'm not, I'm ashamed. I can't, can't, can't look at you, God. I'm naked. God said, well, what do you mean naked? Who told you you're naked? How do you know naked? I didn't, I didn't give you the wisdom to interpret naked. He said, I don't know that, but he said, Eve gave me this fruit, and I eat it. 
I know I'm naked. So fig leaves over me, and I'm, I, I can look at you. God said, you've been eating that fruit tree, and you? Well, Eve gave it to me. He blew it on Eve. Eve gave it to me, and I ate it, and I realized I'm naked. And he's naked. Anyway, that's how sin began, and therefore they were killed. Not killed physically, but killed fiercely. And that's how sin started, from two people from the uh, from the garden. And they were cast out of the garden, and he was put on the gate to keep them from ever entering again. And they will not enter again until the great white throne judgment is completed in Revelation. And the new Adam and Eve, the new creation, which has no sin and has fruit trees and rivers, trees of gold, and et cetera, coming up. But a long time has been since that's happened. But anyway, there they are in the in the throne room, and Jesus is formed. Part of the Spirit of God is given to him, which means he is God, the Holy Spirit, and God. And they rule this earth. But rule how? Could God rule the earth? Well, yeah, he did. He created a great, great flood, which killed everybody in the in the universe and the world. So God could control this earth with a shake of his hand. He doesn't have a hand, he's a spirit. But I have to illustrate it with a hand. He could shake his hand and the mountains crinkle, crumble. The casting casting the outer banks. People are healed, killed. Men die. Women die. God can do anything. There are some theologians. I don't want to get involved in this because I'm not a theologian. There are some theologians that said that God created the earth, made it all living, made it all right, and turned it loose. In other words, God doesn't go down and manifest itself in any way except hurricanes come, fires come, death comes. Death to good people, which questions a lot of people. Some people say, what do you mean Christ came and he's dead now? Why did God, God let this person die? He's a good man. He's a good person. He's a good child. He was my child. Why did God allow this to happen? Well, at least the illusions surmise that God created everything and then turned it loose and let it perform its own. It's a great way of looking at death if you want to, but it's not me because I know God's in control and God handles everything. Can we petition God? Yep, through the Holy Spirit. But some theologians believe, and there's a theory, that God created the earth, created perfect, gave it to man, and man killed it. Man did everything and instilled them today. The neutron bomb can destroy this earth. You know, we have the we have the ability now and the firepower to create such a devastation in this earth that it can destroy the sun, the sunlight, and destroy earth itself and everybody dies and the world the earth goes into chaos. There's nothing in there. We have that ability right now. 
to create that bomb, bombs that can destroy the earth and bring it to its knees. Nothing lives. You, I, anyone, no one can live. The earth, the sun is blotted out with, uh, blotted out from being able to shine through the devastation that comes to this earth. We pray and hope that this doesn't happen. But God can control it. Well, I said, who is God? God is everything. God is the beginning and the end. He has the ability, if we could see a train, we could see a a mile-long train coming down the track. God sees the engine. At the same time, he sees the last car in the train track, a caboose. I used to be a caboose. I don't think there is a caboose anymore. Mm -hmm. But God sees it all. The front of the train, the engine, and the caboose. In one look, he just sees it all. We can't see that. We can only see so far, and then our eyesight fails. But here's God who controls everything, and he allows it to happen. But he's my God. I'm going to I, I, I have to leave that alone right now and say that because he is my God, and he knows it because he knows everyone. He's a jealous God. Uh, people don't like jealousy. To people, the main kind of way we use jealousy is evil. It is evil. But God is a jealous God. You shall serve no one but me. You have no other gods in front of me. And we do that. He's jealous. He says, how can anybody think they're as great as me? That's God now. Because nothing is greater than God. He performs everything. He makes everything. And he lets people live as they want to live. To serve him. Because he requires complete service. Not remote service. Nor a, not a service that is controlled by like a, a mute or whatever. But God wants mankind to come to him and serve him and love him and be belong to him and of their own free will. You have a free will? Well, of course you do. You get up in the morning. Some mornings I get up early, some late. I'm retired now. So I can do what I want to do as long as my money holds out. But God's in control of that. He's able to know my thoughts before I think them. He knows what I'm going to think about. Does he control it? No. He lets me live my own life. He wants me to live as a person that loves him. Therefore, when we don't, he's jealous. He's jealous of that. Because he says, hey, Gene, why do you, what do you want to know so much for? Why do you want to think this? That's not true. You know better than that. But we know God as God, and God is in control of everything. Jesus is in control of everything. The Holy Spirit is in control of everything. So we have a trail in God. So we live day to day, think day to day. We make money. We lose money. We get catch disease. We have hardening of the arteries. We have high blood pressures. We have hypertension. But all these things, and God allows it to continue. 
God doesn't control us as a mute or as a person that's a uh, idol. He wants us to come to him in our own free will. So we come to him. We ask Christ to forgive us of our sins. And God does. God says, you're mine. I'll never release you. Does that mean that you're now free to do what you want to do? Yep. He doesn't take your free will away. God controls you or doesn't control you. So he doesn't control you. He he punishes you. Punish? People don't like to talk about discipline. But God disciplines you. If he doesn't discipline you, you have to wonder, am I really saved? You know, I have been through some... I'm not going to involve this. Exciting to some people because they don't know the difference. But I have been in some hazardous conditions. Now I've crashed airplanes, I've turned cars end over end down mountains. I've done all kinds of things that I'm ashamed of. But not ashamed where I don't walk. God has forgiven me those. He's cast them away from me. Cast them as far as, as, as life is. And God loves me. And I love God. Have I always lived for God? Nope. Sure haven't. Would like God. Would like God. I'd like to live for God. But who is God? He's everything. If you look out your window, if you look at your side, you look at your computer, look around you, you'll see God. You'll see his hand. And I'm in his hand. It'll never leave you. Uh, he holds my hand. Even when I stumble, I know he'll pick me up. I know that he loves me beyond life itself. And one day, I'll go to heaven and be with him. But how can we know that God is real? Well, we're getting in trouble. In the Corinthians, the book of Corinthians, as in 39 books, up one of the 39 books. For these, those things God has revealed us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. You know, getting real close now to God. Do you have the Spirit? You know, Christ said, I'll, I'll, I'll not leave you. Well, I'm going to leave you and go to third heaven. But I'll get my replacement to go with you. So what was what the replacement? The Holy Spirit the third part of God. And the Holy Spirit lives in you. Where? He lives inside of you. He takes you by the hand. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. What does it mean, depths of God? Boy, the Spirit teaches you where God lives, who God is, and God is everything. For, the, for who knows a person through thought except the spirit of the person? How many of you, I don't know everyone has, I really wish I knew what was going on in his mind. I think I know, but I'm not sure. Well, the Holy Spirit knows everything. He knows the depths of God. Whether you want to believe it or not, I know it's, it's in Greek form, but the depths of God is the complete understanding of God. He knows God because he is God. And the Holy Spirit lives where? Inside of you, in your heart, in your mind. He knows the depths of God. 
for who knows a person's thoughts. How many times you have looked at a person boy, I really wish he was talking about. I really, really wish I could figure out what he's saying, and he knows how he believes. Well, the Holy Spirit knows everything himself. Except the spirit of that person, which is in him, so that also no one comprehends the thoughts of, a, of God except the spirit of God. You know, I, was, I, I wrestle with this guy every day. He's Jewish because so I minister right now is working with Jews as a, as a group. I live with a group of them. Gosh, they're wonderful people. Make money. I, I was with a, one yesterday and he were talking and he's talking about the million, millions of dollars that he's making, could make. Got a contract for 66 houses. Got a contract for 37 buildings. He's a, he's a manufacturer, of course. And he said, always want me to join them. Every time I get with them, they want me to join them. Gene, please come and help us. There's so much work we can't stand it. I said, well, I'll serve God. I can't have time. Oh, don't worry about God. God will take care of that. But they're wonderful people. They're courageous people. But they they know how to live. I want to sidetrack myself a minute and talk about the Jews. I tell my daughter that I love the Jews. She's wound up with Jews already and think they're the greatest people in the world. Well, they are great people. But you know who's greater? Not God, not the Holy Spirit, not Jesus. They're they're separate. There's no one compares to them. But the Americans are the greatest people in their life. What? I'm an American. You know, Americans, our country, the United States of America, is the greatest country that's ever, ever, ever existed. Greater than the Jewish, greater than Alexander the Great, greater than everybody in Rome. Our nation is the greatest nation that's ever subsided in this earth. We have done more for mankind. We have invented more. We have done more. We work more because we are independent. The Jews aren't independent. They're dependent. But they did what they do, and they do it good. They're God's chosen people. What do you mean? Well, God chose the group that came out and God gave them a covenant to Abraham and everybody that belongs to his covenant. Well, they're there. But we are the greatest people, the greatest nation that's ever existed. We will continue. I don't know. I'm not going to forecast that, prophesy that. But I have fear of it. But God is in control. God is in control, or is God in control of your life? You know, a lot of people say, well, how do I I attain God through Jesus? Why did Jesus come and die on the cross? Why did God send his only son that he created and give him the part of God, the triune God, and have him die on the cross for us? 
There's multiple reasons for that, but the one main reason, it gives us eternal life. If we believe in him, we believe in that blood sacrifice, without the shedding of blood, there's no redemption of sin. Remember that once we become saved, we are his. We'd never be able to never believe anything but that. But remember that when God created mankind, then man sinned. They were cast out of the garden, a perfect place, cast out of the garden. They began to work for themselves. Christ came as a child. And there's many theories of that along the line. And one day I'd like to get involved in who Christ is and why he came like that. He came and he lived in this world and he sinned not his affection, perfected to the holiness of God. Then God created a cross and sent this man to a cross. He let it happen and they killed him. He left it to God, looked up to God, who is he himself as God. Hard to explain that is. Who he himself was God. And he looked up at God and he said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because God could not look upon sin. And sin entered into Christ and gave his life for it. And God had to turn his back. And his anguish and pain and sufferings was nothing compared to what he felt when God turned his back. And he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And if today you look upon that cross, and you accept that cross as your death, and then on the third day he was resurrected, you can accept that, that you will never die. Oh, you put this little body in the earth. But your soul goes to heaven, and you're with God forever. One day you will manifest in heavenly form, and you'll have a new body. And you'll march around heaven singing glory, glory, glory. And forever and ever, as you tread your way through Uranus, Pluto, and Jupiter, Mars, you won't take a jet engine to get there. You just automatically transform yourself there. And there's our God. He's still sitting on the throne. The magnificence of God and his greatness. And my God, my God, will never be uttered by mankind again. Because the only people left on this earth are saved people. And I ask you today, are you saved? Are you part of this God? Are you part of the God that claims and is God? He's our creator. He's our ruler. And today I ask each one of you to look at the heavens, look at the earth, and look around you. And wherever you look, there's God. He's holding my hand. He's holding my hand. He'll hold your hand. How do you do it? Look at the cross, what Christ did for us. Accept that Christ and ask him to come into your heart. And the miracle will happen. You'll be forgiven of your sins. You're given new life. And the Holy Spirit will live inside you. And the Holy Spirit will guide you. 
and you'll live forever in Christ, even though this body may die, it's resurrected at the rapture, and at the same time, you say, God, God, thank you for saving me. Thank you for delivering me. That's our God. Who's God? I don't know who he is, but I sure appreciate him. T, that's all I got. Well, thank you. That's amazing. I really enjoyed that. Um, yeah, I, I did that. I'm on, you know, I'm on a journey myself, and I, as uh, believers are, um, but I'm at, on an active journey, trying to trying to define my, not define my relationship. But thank you. That helped me a great deal. I appreciate that. It's a journey, not a destination, right? That's what I think. <laughs> a journey. Yeah. It's, it's yep. fun. Yeah, it is. It, it really is fun, and um, you know, I sometimes like I will say to myself, "Are you sure you got the right person here?" Because they'll that will talk to me, Jesus, and uh, you know, Holy Ghost, Mister Holy. And uh, the other day, they told me something. I go, "I got it. I got it. I got it." Woke up. Woke up seconds later. I forgot it. And then, um, and then, uh, uh, Holy Ghost, Mister Holy, said to me. Don't worry. When you need it, it'll be there. I was like, okay, thanks. So, um, anyway, so it's a journey, but it's fun. Yeah, you're right. I enjoy it. I do. Um, and learning some new things every day um, too, as well. So, I have a question for you. This is one question. If somebody wanted to read the Bible without all the these and the thous, and I'm not being sacrilegious, and I don't mean it like that, but I guess old English, how could they read in like everyday English the Bible? There's a book out. It's it's a word for word Greek word. It's called the Holy Bible. It's called the English English Standard Version. And I don't recommend it to anybody. I'm not recommend English Standard Standard English Standard Version. Okay, English Standard Version. Okay, gotcha. It's so it's pure, saying, it's American. It's pure uh-huh. English. Now these there's a Z and thou in it. Okay. It's everything that you need, and it's a word-for-word translation. It's probably okay. the best version today, English Standard Version. Okay. I know people preach and teach out of the Old Testament, I mean, out of the uh, King James Version. I use it. I use the English Standard Version, King James Version, and many other versions. I have about 15 different Bibles and different versions, but the English Standard Version it's probably the best book that you can offer a new convert, an old convert, or a convert that needs understanding. Okay. Good Bible. All right. If you can read, you can read the English Standard Version. <laughs> okay, uh, that works. So, can you get it on the uh, on on online? Like, yep. Or, okay. And I uh, I bought I bought mine. No, I didn't buy mine. It was given to me by uh, one of the churches I was at. And, you can it it sells for about uh, seven or eight dollars. Go to the hotel and get one for free. <laughs> you kidding? <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding, Dad. <laughs> no, good. I don't well, think they, that I don't think they have them in hotels now. Okay. They? I don't know. I mean, I don't remember seeing one. And and I've been in a few hotels, um, you know, because I've traveled a little bit, and and uh, I don't remember seeing them. But when I was a kid. You know, they were yeah. there. Yeah, they were there. They, uh, okay. A group of okay. Christians got together and 
bought them in the hotels. But uh, any of the standard version is a good Bible for you. Okay, cool. Um, well, thank you. And uh, that book, Corinthians, you you, read, you say it a lot. What, what's that book about? I mean, I see you. <laughs> Sorry. It sounds really harsh, don't I? Um, well, the book of Corinthians is the first and second Corinthians. Uh, one is they had a great sin in the book of Corinthians when Paul had to write about it. And then in Second uh, Corinthians, he had to write about it again. We got to want to forget. But anyway, the guy was living with his father's. He living with his father's wife. In other words, son was having making love to his wife. Really, <laughs> father. Making father's wife. Not uh, good. <laughs> Paul said that he, even he he was done with that. You're doing it. Cast him out. And then in Second Corinthians, the guy had been cast out, and the guy repented in in Second Corinthians. God and Paul wrote him and said, "Listen, take the guy back. He's he's asked forgiveness, and he believes it." So it's a it's a I, I love the books. I love Ephesians, where we're predestined to become him. You realize that when you're when you're a kid, and I was your father. And I taught, tried to teach you different things, but I didn't do a good job. But I live for God. I live for you. Oh, I, I think you did a good job, Dad. I think. Well, it's immaterial. It's immaterial. It's all right. I want to go back to the mother thing, though. So I want to be real clear because we're going to listen to that, and and they're going to say what? And so it's a stepmother. I, I'm assuming, right? That no, he's not stepmother. He was actually with the mother, like the birth mother. That's really. <laughs> That's what he said. Oh my goodness! Okay, you know when I when I don't like your stuff, I always go. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Okay, yeah. that's where Lifetime taking from Lifetime Movie Channel. Girl, they got some creepy movies, like crazy movies like that. So anyway, so but he repented, he and repented. and then he came back to God. Okay, or came to God, and whatever happened to Mommy Dearest? Where'd she go? <laughs> that's the Bible doesn't expound on that. It okay. expounds on the fact of forgiveness for repentance. Because when you repent your sins, God forgets it again and he restores you. He okay. doesn't never lose you. He just restores you. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Don't try to get vile on that. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a little bit. I, I, I hear you. There's a lot of cool stories in there that. This is not involved anything about incest. There, I mean, and I get that it's like a lesson about repenting. I get it, and um, you know, because God forgives anything, right? If you repent, correct? That's right. It's a true story. Wow. Okay. Cool. My Jewish buddies don't believe that. <laughs> they, they, they don't. Okay. Nope. Uh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna. One said, one said to me the other day, I said, you mean to tell me that I can, you can do all these things and at the last minute before you die, you can say, God, forgive me. I want to be with you. And God forgives you. Story to heaven. And here I am. And you told me this, Gene. And here I am living, trying to get a good life. I give to churches. I give to everybody. I love people. I help them out. And I help them out. And I go to hell if I don't accept Christ. I said, I didn't say that. He said, you did. I said, did not. The Bible says it. I didn't say it. I just repeated what the Bible says. So he said, <laughs> so, so I can live the holy life. I can do everything right. 
according to my religion, according to my life, according to the laws of the land, etc. And if I don't ask, don't believe in Christ, I'll go to hell. Uh, you call it H E double two six, right? <laughs> right, that's what I do. H E double two six, right? Yep. You know. I said you're right. That's the way that the Bible says it. I didn't say it. The Bible said it. He said, "I treat. I don't believe in Christ." Oh Lord! You know what? If you don't believe in Christ, according to this dispensation, oh, I can't. I said a word that most people understand. Period of time. That's what dispensation means, right? So, uh, yep. from old days in Hill Bible College. Yeah, true. <laughs> but yeah. that's true. So my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And he repents. Person repents. God forgives. God restores. God forgives. You're going to have it. That's good. And so one other thing is, you know, I you the, the New English version, I get it. But there's some real cool things and fun things about God. I, I understand that God forgives everything, so that's my takeaway. Um, but talking about some of the sins that people do in the Bible, out of the Bible, whatever, that's just a little harsh, okay? And I don't mean to be rude about it, Dad, and I accept it. I understand that. But what's something really cool that has happened to you with God this week? Can, can we end this show on that? That'd be good. How about that? Do what? What? Something is cool that's happened with you and God this week that you in your relationship with God. With me, yeah, personally, yeah. Oh, it's kind of personal. I don't want to talk about it. Oh, well, anyway, okay. You know, I've been praying to I've been praying uh, to God every day, probably all the time. It's a state of mental mental releasement for me. And I say, God, find me a church that I can pastor and preach in. I don't want a big church. I want a small church because I want to minister to people and at the same time work with you and work with other projects that I've got. And uh, I think I can do both, uh, three or four things. But I say, God, please show me, help me. And uh, just today I got this notification from this organization that wants me to uh, come to them maybe. Wow. Yeah. So that's something that's happened. But, it, it, I mean, I'm not going because I don't know yet. I uh, know when God, if God wants me to all go, I've been praying for that uh, type of church that I walk into and uh, believe in him, share with people, and uh, do evangelism within that church. But uh, it'll all come together. That's what God has done for me this week. And last week and the week before, I have been praying constantly. I want a church that I can go to, that I can preach and explain to people the powerful God that we live, love, and serve. Oh, that's cool. I love that. That's it. Thank you. So, pray without ceasing. That's actually a verse. My dad, who's listening now or listening later, used to say, I get out of school, get out of the car to go to class in the morning in high school. And my father would go... Pray to God. I'm like, don't do I don't want to do that. Dad, don't say that real loud, you know, because you want to be cool in school, right? And uh, I'll never get that. Pray for you. Pray for God. Pray to God. It's like, okay, take the Lord with you. You remember that? Like, yeah. Right? The football players, the people out there, all my friends. I was like, oh, goodness. Did he say that, right? And uh, I laugh about it now, but I'll never forget being horrified when I was a kid. So not so much. I'd, be, I'd say it right back to you. 
and, uh, you know, and, and my daughter, we used to go to the beach. I go, and I drop her off. She didn't want me to go with her. And I go, I should have said, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. We're going to be like, you know, but, uh, yeah, that's that's how she felt when I said that. But uh, I'll never forget that. I'll, that's such a sweet memory now. It really is. So thank you. So in closing, let me say this to you. Anybody out there that listens to this podcast, if you know a church that you think would be good for me, recommend it. If they contact me, I'll contact them. But if not, I know that God will take care of it. All right. Well, one, I got to go. Give you, once you give your email or your whatever you want, if they uh, – wouldn't it be good? Uh, my email is Colonel Abbott, C-O-L-O-N-E-L, like a Marine Colonel, Abbott, A-B-B-O-T-T, Colonel Abbott, and then insert the numbers 366 at com. So I'll repeat it one more time, Colonel Abbott, 366 at com. Hey, everybody. You guys have a great uh, rest of your weekend and enjoy your Saturday night and Sunday. All right, Daddy. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Love you. Bye-bye. Love you, too.